Welcome to Awakened and Alive After 40, a weekly podcast about stepping outside of the box and into a life that is true to who you really are. We're your hosts, Dominique and Carrie, two 40-something-year-old friends and coaches who are on a journey to live the second half of our lives with greater flow and ease. Our passion is to guide and support our clients in becoming their most authentic and aligned selves. We love digging into a variety of topics and sharing some of our insights and perspectives through our coaching lenses. We both spent the first half of our lives trying to fit into a box only to realize we were burnt out and searching for a better way to do life. We are here to remind you that it's never too late to start living your best life. Let's get into today's episode. One of the things that I'm always so curious when I'm talking to a new entrepreneur is the shift that they made from their previous career to now the new career that they're exploring. And so in today's episode, Carrie and I want to just share a little bit about our former jobs, careers, kind of where we started off since we are both entrepreneurs. We both started our own coaching businesses not too long ago. And yeah, I think it's just always fun to kind of hear what it was that we did before and why we're shifting and all that fun stuff. So Carrie, I know we talked a little bit when we were just interviewing you in the hot seat a few episodes ago and You have some great shifts that you have made, a few different things. So share with us a little bit about what you started off with in your career. So if we're talking career, in my mind, that's sort of like post-college or post-high school when you are on some sort of path that I think, especially when we're younger, we think is necessary in adulthood to have a career path and to follow this journey that will give you fulfillment and will give you financial stability and all of these things, which I definitely bought into in my 20s and even into my 30s. So my first career out of college was working in finance. And I had majored in finance in college. I studied business only because I didn't know what path I really wanted to take. And that felt like a catch-all. And I could just use it with whatever I ended up. But that job did give me a lot of great things. It moved me to Boston, which I loved living there. And I loved the team I worked with. But two things happened to totally change that. And one was the company I worked for got bought out. So I was given the choice to stay there under a new position that was a lot less prestigious or I could take a severance package, which was really generous because I'd only been there for about a year, maybe even a little less than a year. And they offered me a really nice severance. So I ended up taking that because I knew I wanted a career shift. And I knew that because this all happened shortly after 9-11 happened. Oh, wow. And so I was just, you know, I think that jolted a lot of us who were I don't know, young adults at that time as to like, what am I doing? Like everything can change in an instant, which when 9-11 happened back in 2001, it definitely felt like that. Like, Mm -hmm. oh my gosh, everything's different now. 
And I just didn't want to continue spending most of my days staring at a computer screen, sitting in a cubicle. Like it felt like life was too short to have that be my life for the next 40 years. Yeah. Isn't that so crazy how you mentioned that was like a huge shift for you when you were younger? And I feel like that's how the pandemic yes. is again. And what is shifting so many people again into new avenues for careers and just what they want to do with their life. That's, that's so interesting. It's such a great point because, mm. yeah, it's almost like we need these greater occurrences outside of ourselves sometimes to motivate us or to show us where maybe we're not happy or we're not fulfilled or show us a different path we can be on. And you're exactly yeah. right. I think the pandemic's probably mm -hmm. the thing in our lifetime right there with 9-11 that was so jolty. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I absolutely agree. Yeah. It's almost like it's a check-in with, okay, how aligned are you right now within your life? And to see all of the horrible things that, you know, happens to other people and are happening to other people. And if you're lucky enough to be in a safe situation right now, it really kind of jolts you though. And it makes you think twice like, wow, okay, this can easily happen and it can easily be me one day. Yeah, definitely. So yeah, after 9-11, it was funny. My sister and I, she had come to visit me in Boston and we were on a bus traveling to New York City to visit a friend of ours who lived there. And we were just talking about like what I could do. And I told her I really loved when I had lived in Turkey during college. I was there working as a business intern in this business. But part of my job was to help people learn English and particularly with their pronunciation of English. And I loved doing that. Wow. And she said, well, you know, there's a job where you like help people learn pronunciation. And I had never heard of a speech language pathologist. But that sounded awesome to me. And so I completely shifted gears and it took some years of getting myself on the path to even be able to do a master's degree in that area because I didn't study it as an undergrad. So I had to take all these prerequisite courses and things like that to prepare to even be able to apply to grad school. So it was quite the journey to get there. And then I did that job working in public education for 11 years. And that's what we've talked about in many episodes when my burnout really skyrocketed because I was working mm -hmm. well beyond my contracted hours. I was working every weekend and I did have summers off because I worked in public education, which is always everyone's like go-to for people who work in schools, well, you get your summers off, but literally you cram 13 months of work into 10 months because the level of work you are doing day-to-day -day during the school year is beyond, in my experience, what I had done working in like a corporate setting. Yeah, that's, I've heard the same thing. So I definitely can recognize that for sure. Yeah. So those were my two big careers before becoming an entrepreneur. But what about you, Dominique? What were your careers or your one career before jumping to the entrepreneurial life? Well, I always wanted to do something in the health care field. I was always focused on wanting something to help people. And I bounced around 
for a while on some avenues to pursue. At one point, I wanted to be an ultrasound technician working in cardiology. At another time, I was like, oh, I'm going to be just a medical assistant for a dermatologist because I actually worked for a dermatologist as an MA when I was just doing like my general college courses. And I loved it so, so much. And then it went into nursing. I'm like, oh, I don't like blood. I actually almost passed out when assisting the dermatologist one day for extracting a cyst. And it's not that big of a surgery at all, but I almost passed out because I saw blood. I was like, all right, nursing, I might be crossing that off my list. But ultimately, I finished all my prerequisites that allowed me to go kind of any avenue into healthcare. And I decided physical therapy was where I wanted to be because I was very into, you know, active lifestyle, keeping myself healthy. And I had gone a few different times with friends who had injuries to their therapy appointments. And I just thought it was so neat, like so fun to help someone after surgery and their recovery. So I followed that road. I'm actually licensed as a physical therapist assistant. And I thought it was hilarious because for most of my career, I would have patients say, oh, so are you still a student? I'm like, no, I'm a PTA, just like how an MD has a PA but I'm working with the PT. They're like, so when are you going to finish your degree? And I'm like, I already have my degree. This is the degree. <laughs> this is the degree. They're like, oh, you don't want to become a PT? I'm like, no. <laughs> yeah, I think that's no. like, because there are also SLPAs where yes. I worked in states that didn't have them. So I've never worked with one, but it's at least in the field I was in, the assistants are the ones that get to do like the best part of the work. Exactly. Yep. And that is exactly why I didn't want to be a PT. I'm like, the extra responsibility already like scared me because as a PTA, it's enough. But you're stuck doing so much paperwork, dealing with the insurance companies. And a lot of the times you're just being thrown evaluations, which is the initial visit for the patient. You don't get to carry out the treatment and see that consistent progress over time. And I just love that part of it. So I always thought it was funny. And I'd be, be like, nope, this is where I'm stopping. This is where I'm happy. I'm able to provide for myself. And ultimately, like, that's what I wanted for my life to help others and be able to provide for myself. But I hit burnout very quickly because the health fields. Unfortunately, it is about numbers because you want to get paid as much as possible. So I would at a few places that I worked at, I would see three patients an hour it was by yes. myself. And each patient has an hour long treatment. So you have to be so good at multitasking and you're constantly moving, moving, moving. And I got great at multitasking, I had to because I was adamant about good quality treatment. I was not going to let my treatment suffer because of being bombarded. But that led to me really, really burning out quickly. And luckily now where I work part-time still in 
therapy, it's one patient every 45 minutes and it's perfect. Love it. The quality time, everything. But that burnout led me to really dislike my career. And eventually I just became bitter about going to work and, you know, all of the stuff that I never wanted to experience. And I know Carrie, with you and I being projectors, and we've both expressed this concern is, you know, reaching a point of burnout at an early age is very common for projectors because we just do not carry the type of energy that other people in the world carry in order to do the work. We're not here to do the work. And that really made me think twice about what I wanted for that second half of my life, because when the pandemic hit, that was my opportunity to really take a good look at what I wanted for my life. It forced us to slow down. And I know so many other people have expressed this where they really were able to look at what was in alignment, not in alignment and shift in ways that they always wanted to, but never had the opportunity to. And so that's what the pandemic provided for me. And I didn't want to work those hours, the eight plus hours and to be constantly go, go, go with all the patients that I had come home exhausted, be in a bad mood and go to bed and wake up and do it all over again. Like, no, that, that wasn't for me any longer. And I don't know, what did it feel like for you when you hit burnout with the hours? I mean, it was a slow build because there was a lot of fulfillment in that work also, like working with the students, seeing their progress, building relationships, collaborating with teachers. I loved all that. But taking all the paperwork home and it felt like every year added abilities were put on us without an increase in compensation there was more and more paperwork every year. They would change the system under which we were doing the paperwork. So then you had to learn a whole new system, even though the paperwork oh, had to change, yeah. you know, just all those things That's... in regularly in all kinds of jobs. But for me, it was like such a distinctive point when I knew it had become, it, it had, it, there was no choice. I had to leave, even though it happened at the beginning of the school year and I stuck it out for the rest of the school year. So the beginning of my last year working in public education, before the students start back, you know, teachers have to go back early and prep and do all of these things. And we had this big um, like rally with all the employees in the district and the superintendent leading it. Like it's supposed to like pump you up for the year. And at this rally, my former coworkers, I'm sure still remember it because I just started crying like this mm. emotional release just happened. And I was like, I can't do this anymore. Wow. I just felt like everything that the people speaking and saying on stage was not in alignment with my belief system anymore. And I just felt like a fraud or like completely inauthentic. And it had nothing to do mm. with the students or helping the students. But it was like you said, it's like that thing with the insurance companies when you are yeah. working, you're like a slave to the insurance companies. It's like, Working in public education, you can't always do what you know is best for the students because you're bound by the financial and budgetary restrictions. And, you know, our education systems don't get a lot of money, comparatively speaking, to other parts of 
you know, what our government allots money to. So it just, it became a lot of frustration in that way. And I just was crying and like saying, I can't do this anymore. And like, everyone was trying to talk me off the ledge and a bunch <laughs> of my coworkers, like we went out to lunch afterwards and they were saying, are you okay? Where is this coming from? And that's sort of when we really started making a game plan to drastically change our lives. And it's funny that we didn't just want like some easy fix of like quitting that job and getting a different job. We completely burned it to the ground and started fresh in Spain. We sold all of our possessions. We got rid of all of our furniture. We sold our cars and basically owned what we could carry on our backs. We had no keys on our key ring when we left, which was really bizarre because yeah, we didn't have amazing. a home or a car. And wow, that was sort that of my so rebuilding. Courage. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's that is so like, I think about that when I hear you telling the story and it just, it makes me so nervous. I'm like, oh my gosh, could I do that? Like, man, the courage that took, but how, like, was it just so incredibly like freeing to that feel? Oh or? yeah. I mean, mm. it was scary for sure. I'm not going to say it was easy. Like every step felt scary, but it felt like I had no choice. It felt like the only thing I could do to really reset myself mm -hmm. and my direction and figure out the rest of my life. And yeah. we had a great time while we did it. Like once we were there and established and, you know, got our community in Spain and we made such good friends there and we had such a great support system that, yeah, it was it was wonderful. And it really did show me I was living in a country that already has such a good work life balance. So it really helped me see this is possible. We don't have to buy into the way our society in the United States tends to do it is the only way. Right. Yep. Absolutely. I've been lucky and blessed that I have gotten a taste of that because my family's European. So going to Bulgaria and France, especially Bulgaria, though, where it's, you know, they're all about like, I'm going to work in order to enjoy my life as my life and my family is first. And oh my gosh, how incredibly different from how we do things in the United States. Yeah. And just this idea that we have here, and we don't even really know we have it, but most of us witness it because it's our culture that your worth is based on your productivity and what you contribute economically and labor-wise to society. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. It's a very unfortunate you know, issue that we have, belief that we have. But I will say, I really do think this is shifting. And I am seeing it more and more with even clients that reach out to me where, you know, they're like, I'm just, I'm not happy in my career anymore. I want to do something that gives back to this world. Like if it inspires people, if it, like for me, I wanted to be able to help people strengthen their emotional well-being and there is very much this shift that I'm starting to see. People are realizing it's not all about, you know, corporate life and just how much money you can bring in just to make that money. Now it's like, okay, how can I feel fulfilled and fulfill someone else's life too in a much deeper way, not just by filling their pockets with money, yeah. which is important. Yeah. I understand that's definitely important, but there's just this, 
this depth that I, I think it's shifting into. And I at least hope that's what it is. But I'm curious, were there any limiting beliefs that came up for you when you were trying to shift into this, you know, move out of the States or even into your business? Because for myself, I noticed the big limiting belief that held me back for a long time was that there's no way I could start my own business because I know nothing about business. I only know physical therapy. And that belief held me back for longer than I wanted to because I spent two years wanting to go into coaching and I didn't because I'm like, I don't know anything about a business. I can't. And then also I'm too old to start (laughs) my own business when, I mean, no, I wasn't. But those things really like clouded my mind. Did you have anything like that? I definitely had way more fear and limiting beliefs about starting my own business than moving abroad. (laughs) And Mm. I don't know if that's because I was moving abroad, like with a support system. And I didn't even feel like a decision. Like I said, it just, I was just like riding this flow of this is what felt right. My business definitely feels right, but I have had so many limiting beliefs around it. And a lot of it probably has to do with my conditioning and the fact that I'm doing it all alone. I mean, Mm -hmm. that's where we came in for each other when we decided to be accountability partners, which led to us starting this podcast was because we didn't really know anyone else doing this. I didn't have anyone in my life I could talk to who had tried starting their own business or who were currently doing it in the way that we wanted to do it. It's so different than starting a brick and mortar business where you open a shop or, you know, you have that kind of thing that people used to do. This digital kind of business that we are starting is so different from what's been done in the past that it was really exciting having someone in my life also doing it. Yeah. But I think that is another thing the pandemic showed us is this work from home option, whether you work for a company or work for yourself. And the freedom of location that can give you that I can work, I can still add to whatever I'm contributing to through my job, but it doesn't have to be in an office sitting at a Mm -hmm. desk all day. And I can build that balance in throughout my day. I can get all my work done, but in between work, I can take a quick walk. I can stretch. I can do some breathing exercises, things to maintain my equilibrium inside my body that you just really it wouldn't have even occurred to us to do working in our normal office space or wherever it was we were working yeah you probably have the fear of like judgment that oh I'm being lazy if I go out for a walk and just get fresh air because you're trying to keep up with everyone else and you know what they believe is important I I actually felt that as well where at home I was like I'm able to like take care of my, my well-being by doing these short little things. Like you said, you know, stretching and going outside, get fresh air. And if you don't have the opportunity to experience that, because you do spend most of your time in an office, you can't really understand just how crucial that is for you to maintain your energy levels, your overall happiness levels, and just, just that little bit really is huge. And yeah, that's, that's one of the things that I am just so happy 
about when it comes to having our own business, like making our own hours. And that's been a game changer like for that. me because I just function naturally mm -hmm. at such a different timing wise during the day. My peak energies are so different from a normal nine to five schedule. And so, but it's been perfect for my business because I tend to like really ramp up my energy and feel creative and feel like in the flow of work afternoon into the evening and so it's great because I can offer evening coaching hours for people who want to you know work with me after they get home from work that's like exactly when mm -hmm. I want to be working yeah yeah exactly and I think what's great with us sharing this information Carrie with our listeners is you know if there's a a takeaway from it. I think it's so important for us to identify what work, you know, the proper work means to us. What does our ideal work day look like? What does it feel like? And is that aligned with what you're experiencing right now? And ultimately, you know, kind of taking a step back and asking yourself, like, am I feeling fulfilled? Am I allowing my emotional well-being to be of priority as well. And just as I shared, like with my limiting belief of, you know, there's no way I could start my own business. I don't know anything about business. Like it's one of those things that I know comes up for a lot of individuals, but there is always something I believe that we're able to shift out of and into that really brings this greater awareness, I think, to the whole world in general of how work does not need to look like that eight to five stereotype that we grew up with. And it doesn't have to be in an office and it doesn't have to be superficial feeling if that's you know something that you're feeling. And I think it's really just about getting clear on what is successful work, fulfilling work look like to you? Would you? Yeah, that's, it's a great that, point yeah. because when I was working, I think a good gauge is if you've ever experienced in your current job to think, what is it about your job that you, in your mind have thought, oh, I wish it was like this, or I wish I could change mm -hmm. this. When I yeah. was working in public education, I used to think, I wish we weren't given, like, you have to be here physically X number of hours a week. I wished it was project-based. Like, I used to say, why can't they say, once you get these projects done, you're done working for the week or for the month, whatever timeline you wanted to mm -hmm. use. I worked so much more efficiently this, I mean, it's like a classic projector story than everyone mm -hmm. else on my team. Yet I had to stay and work the same hours as them, even though I had gotten the work done in a shorter amount of time. And which yeah. is classically what can lead to burnout because then I'm just creating work to look busy and doing extra work and taking on more work than anyone else because I finished the required work. Isn't that crazy how that that pans out like, yeah, absolutely. And I'm sure so many listeners can you know, relate to that right now because 
it's it's very much an issue whereas if you give yourself eight hours of time you're going to fill that time with work and like you said you know you'd finish then you would fill it with more and more and yeah just it doesn't have to be done that way and i think it's just a matter of you know, finding not only the courage to step out of the box and start doing things your own way, but again, like just getting that clarity. And I like how you mentioned, you know, looking at what you wish you could sprinkle into those days or what you wish you could be experiencing instead of something else. So I, I like that little tip there too, Carrie. And I don't know if this is true or accurate. I'm sure people listening have seen this out there in the social media worlds because I think it was talked about or being posted quite a bit. But people saying that the current traditional work week of 40 hours a week came about during a time when in most situations, one person of the household was working and one person was at home doing all the other responsibilities like cleaning and shopping and caregiving and creating a nice home and all of these things that are also really important to have a nice life balance. And now that it's very rare that that's the case and usually whatever anyone's home situation is, most people in the household who are of working age are working. There's no one who has the extra energy or the time to do all of those other things. So we really should be reexamining how has our society changed and why are we still working in this antiquated way? What has the advances in technology gotten us? Technology has made things so much more efficient, yet we are working the same number of hours before we even had computers. And that's just creating more and more work for all of us to be doing rather than, mm -hmm. oh, you know, maybe a secretary back in the day could type five letters a day. And now because of, you know, all of our technology with yeah. just being able to copy and paste and make copies and scan things and all of these things, she could do 200 letters a day, but she has to work the same number of hours. And it's just, yeah. it's crazy how we haven't, we haven't evolved everything. Parts of our working yeah. life have evolved, but not we're still it. human. We're not robots. You know, we're not, we're not evolving at the pace that the technology is. And that's, that is a really great point, Carrie, something to ponder on a little bit more, I think for everyone. Thank you for listening to this episode. If you enjoyed it, please consider sharing it with friends and or family. We'd be incredibly grateful if you rated and reviewed the podcast on your preferred listening platform as it really helps. If you'd like to reach out to us, you can connect with us through our websites or Instagram, which are all linked in the show notes. We'd love to hear from you. Our theme song was written by Michael Ahrens.